Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being with us today. A little later in the show, we are going to talk about what you think the next president can do to make a difference in your community. A lot of times when we talk about voting for president, we're talking about national policy or international policy. We want to Turn the lens just a little bit back toward your neighborhood. What's in in your community that needs changing and what effect do you think the next president can have on that? And we really want to hear from you uh, during that segment. 313-577-1019 is the number. 313-577-1019. But first, last Friday, protesters filled downtown Detroit to rally against police brutality and inequality toward black people. It was a really peaceful protest. Uh, I live in downtown Detroit where you where you could see the protesters marching through the streets uh, and there was no question that people were really just out there to demonstrate uh, their frustration, their anger with the things that we saw going on last week, but to do so in a really peaceful way. Uh, it was so striking, in fact, that Steve Neveling of Motor City Muckraker, someone who's been on the show with us several times, he said it was an example to the nation of how peaceful protests can take place in the context of really tough issues like this. Meanwhile, this weekend, in the wake of the killing of five police officers in Dallas, Texas, and the shootings of black civilians in Louisiana and Minnesota, a new crop of law enforcement is entering the Detroit Police Department. WDET's Eli Newman filed this story. At the second Ebenezer Church on Detroit's east side, police officers mill about outside the sanctuary as friends and family members of a new class of recruits take their seats. The police officers are wearing immaculate dress uniforms, complete with shiny black shoes. The sanctuary falls silent, and the Detroit Police Department graduating recruit class 2016C marches in. There's 18 recruits in all, 17 men and one woman. In the crowd, officers wear badges, which usually read Detroit Police, but this day are covered with a single black band of cloth. It's called Morning Band Protocol, observed whenever an officer falls in the line of duty. That happened in Dallas, when a sniper fired into a crowd of protesters, killing five officers and leaving more than half a dozen others injured. As the recruits move to their seats, Deputy Chief Chaplain A. Renee Taylor begins the invocation. Father, help us to remember that there are more good people than there will ever be bad people, and there are more good police officers than there will ever be indifferent police officers. Later on, Detroit's newly appointed Deputy Mayor, Police Chief James Craig, takes the stage, with the incident in Dallas on his mind. It is a somber day, a sad day, and when you think about an attack on five law enforcement officers, Dallas police officers, five lost their lives serving others. And we know that any attack on any police officer is an attack on us. 
Craig notes the tremendous scrutiny police face nationwide in the aftermath of the killings of Alton Sterling in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Philando Castile in Falcon Heights, Minnesota. He says those incidents do not define policing. Craig says he remembers the first arrest he made while with the Los Angeles Police Department when he apprehended a robber without incident. The suspect was very thankful. But then my training officer, who was my senior, he said, kick him. Kick him in the head, he's a robber, he deserves nothing. And I said, I do no such thing. I made a decision on that day that I will do the right thing for all the right reasons. There may become a time where you too will be tested. And always remember your oath of office. And always remember the end does not justify the means. You serve the people of the city of Detroit. With Chief Craig still at the podium, student police officer Blake Calloway moves to the stage. Calloway says the recent series of shootings do not reflect the attitude of the officers he knows in the department. We're being profiled by the, the actions of other police officers, but uh, here in Detroit, we were trained well. We've, we're trained by the best of the best, and we're trained on how to react to certain situations. Their training complete, the new recruits leave the sanctuary. They're scheduled to hit the streets of Detroit that afternoon. For WDET News, I'm Eli Newman. All right, and joining me now to talk about what he saw over the weekend is Eli Newman, uh, WDET reporter. Eli, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Stephen. Yeah, uh, it's a really interesting piece because of the timing, of course. Uh, last week, we saw two black men shot by police in Minnesota and Louisiana. And then we saw, of course, an equally harrowing tragedy unfold in Dallas as uh, a gunman shot five, uh, shot 12 police officers, killing five. Uh, talk about the mood at this uh, ceremony. Talk about how those events sort of infected this otherwise celebratory event where you're moving a new class into the ranks of uh, DPD. Yeah, so just like you said, the mood was uh, celebratory. There was lots of uh, family and friends coming to take their seats, you know, talking to each other, uh, very similar to how I felt I experienced like my high school graduation. Um, There's a lot of people uh, enjoying that and waiting to see their uh, family members and friends take the stage and uh, earn their badge. Uh, but at the same time, there was definitely the, this air. I mean, the, uh, the attack in, um, in Dallas, Texas, I don't think it had even been 12 hours uh, when they were doing the uh, graduation event. Uh-huh. Um, so the police officers that were there, um, they, they, you know, they were enjoying each other's company. I think, you know, the same way that I think a lot of people ha- handle themselves in, in kind of these precarious situations. But like I noted in the piece, one of the major like signifiers is that they uh, had the mourning band um, over their badges. Right. Um, it, it's something I think at the top of everyone's mind and definitely at the, at the, the top of uh, Chief Craig's uh, comments uh, during the, the, 
ceremony itself. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we've talked with Chief Craig about many times on this program is the distinction between what we see in some of these other communities with confrontations between police and the citizens and what we have seen at least as of late here in Detroit. And of course, Detroit is a city with a very rich history, a rich and ugly history of conflict between police and the community. Uh, he, Chief Craig is very proud of the direction he seems to be sending the department in where there is a more cooperative relationship between police and the community and where this idea of community policing is the sort of strategy. Does he talk to these new graduates about that distinction? Does he really play up that relationship that he wants to have between police and the people that they are policing? Oh, I, I think that was uh, absolutely the case. Uh, so one of the things that uh, uh, didn't actually make its way into the uh, the piece is uh, one of those uh, police officers, uh, Blake Calloway. Um, before I spoke to him, he actually led the uh, the entire group of new recruits and the police officers that were already part of the force uh, in the recitation of the, the law enforcement code of ethics. Um, and uh, he, what he had said to me is it's something that you know they are told on day one and that they repeat throughout all of their training. And within that code of ethics, it is this um, uh, message of upholding, you know, uh, the safety of the community and putting the community and people's lives first. Yeah. Um, so I, I felt that was very much the case. And, and you know, in, in respect to the, the recent events, uh, Chief Craig had, had mentioned, obviously, the, the uh, attack on policemen. Uh, and and woman in uh, Dallas, Texas. But he also called back to the the shoot. Uh, although he did not mention them by name, he did call back to the shooting of Alton Sterling and uh, Flando Castile, and how that is not a representative way of how police officers are supposed to uh, hold themselves in the community. Yeah, uh, of course, we heard in a clip earlier the chief critical of the media and the role that we have played in covering what happens. He talked about how uh, when black officers kill black people, he doesn't feel like it gets the same attention as when white officers do, uh, raising some real questions about race and racism and uh, racial history. I hadn't heard him talk that explicitly about that before. Does he echo any of that with this, with this graduating class of his uh, about their responsibilities? Uh, I don't think that was as much of a, a part of the ceremony uh, in, when I was there. I, I think uh, when I had talked to a couple of the officers that they did feel that there was this uh, sentiment or this prejudice that was being held against them. Um, uh, whether or not that they had uh, taken that from the media uh, or, or I should say, I guess, the traditional media channels when we're talking about uh, uh, cable or, or radio or television. Um, but I, I think one of the main uh, uh, breaking points of the most of all of these recent events, at least in, in uh, I guess what you could call a, like a post-Ferguson uh, world, is that they don't have to rely on uh, journalism, uh, like journalists like us, to you know break these stories. This is happening in real life. Um, there's Facebook Live videos, Periscope. People are streaming these events happening. Yeah. So so ha- there isn't. The, this uh, traditional way of looking at the media of like crafting this narrative doesn't necessarily apply here when we're seeing a lot of people on their own, people who aren't reporters, 
taking the story into their own hand and recording these events. Yeah. Okay, Eli Newman, uh, WDET reporter, thanks very much for your work over the weekend and for being with us on Detroit Today. Thank you very much, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, I want to welcome someone else to the conversation now. Steve Neveling is the publisher of Motor City Muckraker. He was at the protest, the Black Lives Matter protest in downtown Detroit Friday night and wrote about it uh, as a model for the the kind of peaceful protest that is possible around uh, these issues, this strife between African-Americans and police departments. Steve Neveling, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, thanks for having me on. Sure. Uh, give us a sense of what it was like in the middle of the protest. I saw you on Facebook and other places Friday night, uh, really sort of almost broadcasting live from what was what was what was going on. And uh, your sense of it was that this is this is the way to to push back. This is the way to show uh, dissatisfaction and frustration with the violence that we see between African Americans and police departments. Yeah, absolutely. I was I went to the to the protest and there were more there were more than a thousand people there and there were two groups that split off and marched. And you know, when you look at uh what's happening uh in places like Saint Paul and, and Baton Rouge, you're seeing police using armored vehicles, rifles and the military guild gear to handle the protesters. But what happens in Detroit and what has happened in Detroit for years is that the Detroit police department will come out um, they don't show a strong force. They never use um, a show of force to force uh, protesters off the street. So what happened was that the, the two groups sort of snaked around uh, downtown Detroit in the streets, and they, uh, as this was ha- as this was happening, um, you know, police uh, several people would get in front of a police car to try to block, block the police car. Instead of police getting out of the car and Chinese force or, or making an arrest in front of a large, angry, passionate crowd. Um, they decide, you know, to show restraint, and within, you know, 30 seconds, people stop blocking the police car and they move on. I think protesters oftentimes, you know, we're all very angry about what's happening right now with, with the shootings of black people, and and oftentimes it's easy to misdirect that that anger sure. at at police. So the fact that Detroit police have been so good about showing restraint, um, that could be a model nationwide you know it's it's an issue of saying well what level of civil, civil disobedience are we willing uh to tolerate right and in detroit you know marching on the streets over something that's you know means a lot to a lot of people there's been no problems and and there wasn't any problems um i i was i marched with both groups um you know taking photographs watching what was happening anytime um someone wanted you know, seem to want to get violent or aggressive, the protest leaders immediately calm them down. Yeah. So, you know, it's important, too, that the, the, the protest, the, the protest leaders have had, also have had, uh, you know, deserve a lot of credit on this because they make sure that the people that they are leading in the march are doing so civilly, but passionately and loudly, yeah. um, but not confrontational yeah uh, talk about who who did organize this who was the who, who were the people who made sure that it was a peaceful protest and that it didn't escalate to the point of, of conflict with the police officers there were several groups that ended up sort of planning this event at the same time um, but the big one was New Era Detroit uh-huh. and New Era Detroit has more of a militant approach to p- protesting and by that I mean Standing in, standing, you know, three to a line, 
um, you know, marching, you know, with with the group, um, not straying from the group. Um, so, you know, I followed them. I was in the front of the group where the leaders were, and New Era Detroit made sure that um, anytime there were problems with protesters, you know, yelling at somebody in a car or something like that, they quickly um, resolved the situation and kept the march going. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and you know, we one of the more poignant moments was when a young African American man um, stood in front of a police car, and you know, normally what I've been seeing in Baton Rouge and other cities is he would have been tackled and arrested, but in this case, uh, an officer got out of the car, and he you know politely asked him to leave. He said, "I understand your I understand what you're doing here, um, and I understand that you're angry and you want you know you need to call attention to this." And, you know, police just said, you know, we're here for your safety. And one of the things that that uh, a lot of people don't know about the Detroit protests is when, when, when Detroiters were marching, police actually led the groups, you know, so the, there would be two police cars that would be in front of the protesters, and they would sort of lead the protesters in a way. The protesters tried to sort of get away from them, but right. the police were actually there protecting the protesters from, from the traffic because yeah. they were blocking traffic. Um, and that's that's something you don't normally see in other cities where you actually have police accommodating the the marchers. Right, right. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Steve Neveling. He's the publisher of Motor City Muckraker. We're talking about Friday night's protest in downtown Detroit of uh, the strained relationships between African Americans and police departments. Uh, Friday night was peaceful in downtown Detroit. Uh, Steve Neveling says uh, that's a model for the way protests can take a place across the country. Uh, before I let you go, Steve, I want to ask you about the things that Chief Craig has said about the relationship he wants to have, he wants his officers to have with Detroiters. Uh, certainly, as I said earlier in the program, that relationship looks really different today than it did even 10 or 12 years ago uh, when when the department was under, under the supervision of the Justice Department because of uh, uh, tactics that were that were disrespectful and violative of people's civil rights. Uh, is it your sense that that relationship, as much as anything, plays into the ability of the department to handle uh, events like Friday night the way the way they did? In other words, this is not just about one event and telling people, "Hey, be cool," because uh, there's going to be a lot of people in the streets and we don't want an incident. But it, it, that it's about we have a relationship with this community anyway that looks different, and we're gonna just uh, go on. We're gonna behave the way that we that we expect, uh, and that they expect us to all the time. Yeah, yeah, Chief. Chief yeah, this actually, and, and Chief Godby too, uh, sort of laid the sort of laid absolutely out too. And, and remember when Occupy Detroit uh, was occupying a, a park. And you know you saw violent protests, and clashes with police. Detroit actually offered them a building to occupy. So the police have been, and I, and I know that Chief Craig has personally uh, reached out to uh, the protest leaders and said, you know, let's talk about what we can do to make Detroit safer, and talk about and, and talk about the issues. Now, New Era Detroit wouldn't meet with Chief Craig, but um, they. The, the chief definitely reached out to them and, and reached out to, to other protesters as well. So I think there's a lot more communication right now in, in Detroit. And I think a large part of that is because 
we have a very large African American community, um, and you know, thanks in large part to um, to, to Mayor Young, uh-huh. the, the department was diversified. And when you have such a diversified police force, um, you have police, you have people on there when they take their blue jackets off, you know, are still black and still have to struggle with those same issues that the protesters do. So I think there's a lot more compassion for what's going on in Detroit, and uh, and and it's really working out very well. Uh, you're when it, it, it's happened this weekend, and, and you can you really saw it when police come in with military gear, pointing rifles at protesters. That's only gonna um, ag- ag- agitate everybody, and it's it's definitely not the way to go. I mean, this is a people are trying to show that police are using excessive force, and if you're holding a protest where they're using excessive force on you, it only reinforces this idea that you can't trust police. Right, right. It's it's the difference between thinking that the role of the police is to escalate uh, situations versus uh, de-escalate. And I I think there's a there's a real there's a real distinction there and and we see that here uh, in the city of Detroit. Steve Neveling, publisher of Motor City Muckraker. Thanks very much for being with us on Detroit today. Hey, thank you, Stephen. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. All right, uh, up next, do you think the next president can make a difference in your community? National politics, international politics, they generally define presidential campaigns, but what does the next president mean to you? What will that person's work mean in your neighborhood, in your city? We want to hear from you, 313-577-1019, and we're going to talk about it next. Stay with us on Detroit Today. 